0: it's timely, it's insightful, it's motivating, it's empowering. It's time with Fred, your inspirational
1: broadcast with host Fred Gaddy. Every time I overcome an obstacle, it feels like success. Sometimes the biggest ones are in our head. The saboteurs that tell us we can't. Lupita Nyungo. Hello and welcome to another edition of a time with Fred podcast. This is a podcast that challenges paradigms and mindsets that hold us back. My special guest today joins us all the way from Singapore and she is in the person of Jenny To. Jenny is a founder and certified life coach of River Life Coaching Limited based in Singapore where she coaches primarily introverts and uh, her audience to to overcome some of the challenges in life. Jenny, welcome to the Time With Fred podcast today.
0: Hi, Fred. Thanks for having me on your show.
1: The pleasure is all mine. Jenny, I want to start with this leading question. And and this is something that you have on your website. And it says it all begins with an idea. And you ask the question, what is missing in my life? And you've answered this question so many times in your own life journey. You were doing well professionally, studied law in England, Your legal career spanned across almost three decades in Malaysia and Singapore. You worked as a litigator, corporate attorney, and derivatives legal counsel. Your employees were specialized boutique law firms, a global oil and gas company, as well as leading regional and global banks. Yet, there was an inner yearning for something more, and you felt like you're not living your life to its fullest potential. Why is that, Jenny?
0: Yeah, why is that, right? And I think a lot of listeners, when when they hear my my life story, they'll probably... Think that yeah you know she's got it going well so why rock the boat and and Mm -hmm. the question did come up in my mind many many times so uh, we'll have to take a trip back to 2015 Um, I was a mid-level manager in an organization then Um, they enrolled me on a two-day coaching program just to give me with uh, coaching skills uh, to be a better manager so that's when I was first bitten by the coaching bug I enjoyed it. I applied it, and you know, I really wanted to learn more about it. But I have a full time job, Fred, and then three kids, so life is very full. And I was thinking to myself, "Why well, rock the boat? Okay, maybe this is just a, a women fancy. It's a hobby, right? Uh, the feeling." Uh, never quite went away. This this desire to to take up coaching and to do more with it, uh, but I kept pushing it aside. Uh, it's like okay, you know this is this is not right. It doesn't make sense. You know the logical mind says this doesn't mm-hmm. make sense, but the heart kept yearning for it. And it was uh, possibly three or more years later in in December twenty eighteen. Christmas time for reflection mm-hmm. I talked to my husband I said you know I, I somehow have to do this and my husband was like are you sure mm-hmm. so there was a lot of uh, deep conversations with him a lot of prayer because I, I didn't want to just go into this without doing the research Um, so I decided to do it I felt that okay you know let's, let's just explore 2019 I found a school uh, which is an Australian based school but uh, they have a global student base so I did Online learning. Fred, it's amazing because, mm. you know, I'm very old school. How I did my law degree was in the university in the UK mm-hmm. in classrooms. <laughs> very serious. Yeah. And then, you know, you know this is an Australian school. And the first idea that came to me because me being legally trained, is this a scam? If I pay this much money, you know, are they going to like run away with my money? Again, you know, God was leading me in the right, uh, in the right direction. And even the, the salesperson who's based in Hong Kong, she spoke to me three times in very lengthy conversations. I think at the last one, she was starting to lose. Patience," patient, she said, Jenny, why don't you take this leap of faith and then see how it goes? And she's not a believer, but I took that like as, as sort of a confirmation that, mm-hmm. okay, God's saying I'm, I, I've i had it with you. Can you like just get your act together and get going? So I, I trained as a coach uh, that took about more what well, more or less a year. And during that time, I also formulated my business plan and uh, planned to launch my business in April, 2020, that being the financial year. I didn't know what was going to hit us in March 2020. Mm-hmm. So March 2020, COVID. And again, you know, I was thinking, okay, what do I do now? Do I go ahead or do I hold back? Mm-hmm. And this time, as I reflected, it took me that long from 2015 to get to where I am. I sensed that, you know, God saying, you know, I've laid the path for you. Just mm. go ahead and walk it. All you need to do is take that first step. You may not see what's ahead, but you yeah. take that first step, you know, and another step, and another step, and and you know, you just keep going. And I'm still going. I'm very happy to say that it's growing. The business is growing. God is bringing uh, clients to me. Nice. I'm meeting interesting people. I'm meeting you, Fred. For yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, if it yeah. weren't for Patch, I don't know we would have ever met. And like you said, I'm in Singapore. You're in Virginia. We're not going to bump into each other in the no, bus. right? no,
1: not at all. <laughs> so no. I,
0: I believe this is also a divine uh, intervention. I Absolutely. don't know. God has put both of us in our lives at this point.
1: Absolutely. I'm a firm believer of that. And, and, and Jenny, when you were describing that path of taking that leap of faith, I have many, on many occasions, uh, found myself in situations like that, uh, make decisions and you wonder, you know, what, what am I doing? And to... You know, the, the the outside world looking in, you know, like you rightly said, you know, leaving you know behind your very lucrative career and then stepping out into something that you know um, that you've been called to do. Uh, how was it like dealing with, and you, you want to talk about some of those saboteur voices. Did you have any of those saboteur voices in your mind saying, what are you doing? Are you sure? You know, did you, and how did you overcome or silence some of those saboteur voices that you might have had? Uh, heard um, in your mind when you're making this decision
0: well all along ever since i was young maybe it's because i'm the only child so I, I do put a lot of expectations on myself not i don't think it's from my parents but being brought up an asian family that there is that uh, expectation so all along i know i'm a perfectionist and and uh you know it was there when i was young and, and the perfectionist trait did come up uh, quite a fair bit in in the uh training as a coach as well because you know I've been in my legal career for twenty five years now, so coaching somehow my mind couldn't uh see it differently. It's like okay, you're good in law, you should be good in coaching. So I was very hard on myself when I was training. This was the the first part. I was like, why can't I get this right? <laughs> there was a lot of expectations. Whereas you know the. The, the process of becoming a coach, firstly, is to discover who you truly are, to mm-hmm. gain that self-awareness because yes. you need to know who you truly are first before you are able to, to coach people. And I struggled with that in the beginning. As I learned and I reflected and I gained more self-awareness, I realized that, you know, I'm sabotaging myself by being so um, stickler-like with the mm-hmm. facts and I didn't mm-hmm. need to get it right that I didn't enjoy the learning journey Mm -hmm. and that's when i realized that you know i want to make this work and what best to, to practice the things i learned and you know to let go of that perfectionist trait and and just to go in in the moment and it's not easy it does come back so when it comes back i ask myself you know does this really have to be this perfect uh you know why is it worth all the stress and anxiety trying trying to get it 100% perfect? Yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, it's coaching, it's not medical, it's not rocket science or yeah. anything, yeah.
1: But you, you bring up an important point there, Jenny, about how we often see or imagine where we want to be or whatever, you know, the vision um, is that we have and, we want things to be so perfect, right? So picture perfect that we end up missing the fun, right? Sometimes, and and I I find myself doing this, I'm I'm equally as guilty. You have this idea or destination in your mind of what something needs to be, right? And so we become so fixated on that end result that we miss the fun, we miss the journey, right? It's like, you know, driving somewhere, uh, a good analogy in the year, so focused on that destination that you miss you know all the scenic views right on the way and so we we miss out on that and um and i think this is where a lot of us get tripped because we want that to be so perfect how then do we um reconcile the fact that yes this is what the end result is this is where the destination should be however we need to enjoy the journey along we need to be comfortable making mistakes we need to be comfortable realizing that it cannot be perfect but as we put one foot in front of the app or as we enjoy the day-to-day it all it all comes together in the end how do we reconcile that as perfectionists right <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah it's, it's, it's with a lot of uh, intention and and mindfulness so you know like your driving analogy if you're driving and you're just so focused on the end destination mm-hmm. then you lose the enjoyment of the ride. Mm-hmm. So in life, you know, you have goals and you want to get to the goals. You know, think to yourself, you know, how do you want to get there? Do you want to get there with a feeling of uh, ease, calmness, with flow, or do you want to get there stressed, anxious? You know, I'm pressed for time, and and so sort of reflect. How do you want to get there? How do you want your journey to be? And then of course, if you want that that path to be, you know, one of calmness and and a sense of peace make sure you do have your supporters around with you, whether it's family, whether it's friends, whether it's understanding colleagues or or an accountability partner. I'm not saying you necessarily need a coach. Of course, if you put a coach in your network then that's even better um so so in my journey i have a very understanding husband who at first didn't understand what coaching was all about but he loves me and he knows that you know i i, ha- I am very passionate about this so he supported me without truly understanding but now two years on down the road he understands so and i have kids who are very supportive as well uh, As you know, because of the time difference and I coach people globally, so I do have clients in the States, I do have to do my coaching at night. So my children are understanding in the sense that they have to adjust their schedule to me, although I make sure that I'm there for their bedtime. So Fred, if I'm so focused on on building a successful business and I don't take into account the people around me and the Mm. impact, the ripple effect that I'm creating for them, um, I may get there. Hmm. I'll definitely get there successfully but along the way it's like damage all all the way in getting there but when I slow down I reflect that oh my daughter's actually willing to wait for me until I finish the call before she goes to bed and then I spend extra time you know sharing with her praying with her and it just ends the day so beautifully I still coach I still impacted my client's life positively at the same time on the personal front I'm leaving this positive positive effect like yes mom has a career but she has time for me and and as she grows up I hope that you know when when she builds a career builds a family she can remember that although mom was really busy (laughs) they were talking to the computer all the time she had time for me I know that at the end of the day I'm not forgotten so so I would say how to make that journey calmer and more peaceful is surround yourself with people you care about and who care about you and who are your supporters and remember are you doing this slowly to meet the end goal? Or are you doing this to create this positive, positive ripple effect around them, whereby they will then go on to create positive, positive ripple effects in other people? I, I really believe in that.
1: What a powerful perspective uh, about living that holistic life, right? Because uh, c- it's true. I mean, if there's one thing that this global pandemic has has taught us, um, it's it's really cost a lot of us to to take stock or to evaluate our lives and figure out exactly what's important um, not to minimize the lives that have been lost or, or the effect um, that it's had really on all of us but it, it certainly uh, made a lot of people interactions that i've had with folks just just have a different perspective uh, on life and, and and you touched on it we live in, in such a um, an environment that places a lot of premium on 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 going on getting right you gotta you gotta chase after everything else and, and we get there and we look back and like, what have we done? So I think finding that balance, like you rightly said, Jenny, uh, is such a powerful thing. And I love how you mentioned, you know, making time for your, for your daughter, for your kids and, and leaving that, that legacy. Now let's pivot a little bit and talk about those saboteur voices in the minds that compete, um, you know, with, with what a true calling is. How, how do we identify Jenny, in your opinion, some of these saboteur voices and how do we arrest them, if you will?
0: Mm. Well, I I first... I uh, did a deep dive in, in the saboteurs when uh, last year I, I did this training with Dr. Shazad Shamin. Uh, he runs the Positive Intelligence Coaching uh, Training Program. So on his website, uh, you can put this in your show notes, spread uh, positiveintelligence.com there is a free uh, assessment to identify your saboteurs. So you go there, you, you do this test. It's quite easy. You don't have to think too much about it. It's just statements and you say highly agree, highly disagree. And and from there, it will reveal to you your top saboteurs. The, 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 usually, we all have uh, but one or two top saboteurs, and all of us have the judge. So he's like the master saboteur. So, so the judge is the judge of self. Uh, so I'm not good enough Then the judge of others I make a first impression of you, Fred If I don't like you Then that sticks I, I don't even open up myself up To get to know you And the judge of circumstances So just say you spill coffee on your blouse And you're late for a meeting If you judge that circumstance That my day is totally destroyed Your day is destroyed Because even, even before you, know, you, you do anything So the judge is always there And when I did the assessment for myself Number one was stickler Surprise, surprise So stickler is the term you Use for perfectionists. So mm-hmm. when you go to this website, they actually have a description of, of your savagery. So once you know it, my caution to your uh, listeners is that they will show up even more. Because friend, mm-hmm. if you're thinking of buying a green shirt, right? When you go out, every store has a green shirt. Every person you look at is wearing a green yeah, shirt. Yeah, so that's what the I- mind's been trying to <laughs> yes. yeah. So, so when I, I already know I'm a perfectionist, but I read about it and oh my God, my, my, my top saboteur is, is the stickler, right? It came up so much until I was thinking, okay, I can't function now. What, what's going on? So, so when you do the assessment and it comes up, uh, just remember that you've lived with this saboteur all your life. It's either mm-hmm. conditioned through your upbringing or, or life experiences yeah. and and. Uh, coupled with how you were always taught to believe as well, so a lot of factors. So so, just remember, it's not something new. It's just that now, uh aha, the light bulb, light is switched on. You see it more. So what do you do with it? So I like what you use the word arrest. So think about it as like a wanted poster. So now you know, my wanted person is the stickler. So every time it shows up, I'm like, uh aha, okay, that's my perfectionist trait coming up. You can consciously then. Uh, maybe take two deep breaths and okay, that's my perfectionist trait. I don't want to go there. So, what do I want to go? How do I want to approach this in a, in a calmer way? So, so with the coffee spilled on the blouse and you're late for a meeting, so it's probably, you know, you're, you're feeling very stressed and you want to be perfect, right? And it's not. So, if you let that hijack you, you can't function, you can't think rationally. But if you pause, you take a deep breath and, and you look around the situation. Who knows? You might have a sweater handy or you could borrow something from, from someone and you could just cover up and then you go. And then the, the meeting will still go as well as you had planned. That's because you didn't let the negative thoughts and, and the saboteurs hijack you and spiral you downward. So it's it's actually just very simple tips to pause and make that choice. Do I want to follow what my saboteur thinking is telling me? or do I want to choose a calmer way of thinking? It's, it's just that, you know, once you pause, you'll be able to see which route you want to take. So it's like thinking there's two paths. You are always going on the saboteur route because that's autopilot, you know, I've been doing it for so many years. So when you pause and you're able to look at this two crossroads, you can then choose to walk the other path. And it comes with practice until, you know, your autopilot mode is the calmer way of yes. thinking. Yes.
1: Yes, I, I love that. Um, I mean, you'd hear the argument made, you know, perhaps someone saying, "Well, you know, this is this is who I am, right? This is, you know, I've always lived like this, right? I mean, it's 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 part of who I am. And why, why do I even bother changing, changing me?" But but the opposite is actually true because if if we're not intentional, right, about identifying some of these saboteurs and, and and arresting them, I like to use their term. That then they end up causing more harm because you have some of these negative voices telling you, you know, you're, you're up to no good and all of that. And, and I think it's important for us to be able to identify the, the damage, right, that that, that, that it has us. And that's why a lot of people are stuck in life, Jenny, um, because they've somehow bought into the idea that this is a lot in life. Sarah, whatever will be, will be. But I like how you, you put it that, it, you know, it, it doesn't come easy, but it takes a lot of practice. And as we do it, this now becomes right the, uh, the dominating thing. So for, for those who say, you know, well, this is who I am, you know, this is my personality, take take it or leave it. How would you respond
0: And And you're that? right, I've coached quite a lot of people and they say that, you know, I've always been this, uh, one of the traits that's quite common is also the hyperachiever, it means you always set the bar so high and you need to achieve so many things in order to feel validated, so so they say, this, this is just how I am. If I don't do this, then, then people won't recognize my, my efforts at work and even at, at the home front. Um, I asked them to try and recall a time when they were uh, at any age below seven because that age is... The pure innocent age. That's the age of your true essence. So, you know, I, I take my clients back to, to recall uh, an experience that they really felt joyful and confident at that time. Uh, so a lot of them struggle. They're like, hmm, okay, I can't remember what was that. But if if we give them time and they reflect, I'm sure you can think about one moment, Fred, when you know, when you were at the age below seven, when were you like? Truly happy and truly joyful. And that's when my clients come up and say that I remember that one time I was singing on stage. It doesn't matter whether you know what people were thinking. I was on stage and you know I was full of confidence, I was lively, and I was coaching this client on, on confidence. So so as an adult. She, she doesn't feel confident. She feels being judged. But when she recalled that moment when she was on stage, you know, at around age six, singing her heart out, and, and it was beautiful, then she realized that that child, that girl, is still with her. It's just mm. that she has been buried under pressures, mm. criticism, uh, obligations, responsibilities. So, so when she reflected that that child was still in her, very much her. Um, I told her to to let that child out in in you know the, the situations that's in. What would that girl do in this situation, you know? And then she said that this girl's fearless, you know. That's fearless. She would just go ahead and do it because she's good at what she's doing. So that awareness has slowly made her see that she is who she was at the age of six mm. or seven. The saboteurs, um, under the the the. the uh, pretends that they're protecting you from being hurt is actually you know keeping your true essence trapped. Yeah. So it's a powerful exercise. It takes time for you to go back to a time when you were young and you were happy. I know that some people didn't have happy childhood and it was mm-hmm. difficult. Mm-hmm. It's very difficult. I'm not um, making light of it. Mm-hmm. But even in your difficult childhood, there is that one moment where perhaps, you know, you, you met a nice person or perhaps you had this quiet moment that you're happy. Leverage your strength from there.
1: Yeah. 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 And, and you touched on that because I was just going to say, sometimes, you know, going on that, exploratory journey um, into the past or maybe having to peel back um, may involve dealing with with some emotions perhaps you know some very painful childhood childhood memories that people have had buried that they don't even want to think about right but uh, like you rightly said you may have to encounter or you may have to deal with some of those emotions because you may have memories coming back and and making sure that we don't get stuck there right it's like looking for something and, you know, having to go through, you know, um, a, a lot of stuff to get to what you truly want. But when you encounter that, you know, that mess, you don't stop there because that that can sometimes derail realize we, we, we become fixated on those painful memories and all. It brings back a lot, you know, but, but we don't stop there because we're looking for that positive. So I agree with you, Jenny, that it, it takes a lot of intentionality, um, to be able to get 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 to that 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 spot, what what a powerful exercise. Um, one of the things, Jenny, I know you do, um, as a as a certified life coach, is working with with introverts, right? And you describe yourself as an introvert, and I to some extent I am too, but I'm you know learning to find that balance. But um, talk about that a little bit and what that work entails and and, and how that you know you help people overcome or you know uh, deal deal with that personality type, say.
0: Yeah, sure. But uh, before I answer that question, I I know that you've raised this important point about, you know, dealing with an individual's past hurt. So I want to clarify to the audience because there's a misconception. I am a coach, so I'm not a trained counsellor. But this doesn't mean that, you know, a coach and a counsellor cannot work with the same person. A coach or a therapist, psychologist cannot work with the same person. So when I coach individuals and I hear that there's really this emotional trauma that they're going through, I know that's outside my scope because Mm. as a uh, credentialed coach, I know my boundaries, I know my code of ethics. So I'll explore that and I'll advise that person to seek help from Mm. a counsellor, to heal from that emotional Mm. pain. You can still work with me maybe for the career part or or certain life goals, but you know, we work hand in hand and it's important for you if you have a counsellor, a therapist and a coach, Keep both informed of of what's going on. We're not competing. All we want is to bring you to a better place. So so that's the misconception that sometimes people think that, oh, am I a coach? Am I a Mm counsellor? So so a coach doesn't deal with the emotional pain and trauma. It brings you at this relatively good place to a better place. So you have something that you need to heal from. Uh, You see a therapist, a counsellor, but then once you're getting better, you can see a coach and you can actually work Intend So so i just want to clarify that so there's no misconduct. no that's
1: that's that, that, that's a good point because as, as a life coach myself i mean going through the training that was one of the things we were taught that you're, you're 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 you can't there are some things that are more behavioral um that we we don't we don't our job is mainly to listen to ask questions and to help people identify but when it comes to some of those traumatic things or heavy emotional scars of people we have dealt with, we know that we don't We don't touch those, we yes. refer them to. So thanks for clarifying yes, that. Yes, yes.
0: Yes. And then as, as for uh, coaching introverts, it's like, oh, Jenny, my boss told me I need to be more visible. I need to speak up more. That's like the common thing that comes up. And and they feel, either they feel paralyzed by that or either they feel that, what's the point? You know, I do good work. <laughs> you know, look, quite, quite, some introverts introverts are not wallflowers that it doesn't mean that introverts are not assertive are not strong you know on the contrary introverts are very strong it's just that we we reflect inwardly a lot we take a lot of time to uh, introspect and reflect and and in meetings when you're expected to contribute I have uh, quite a number of clients who say I need my idea to be 100% I need to be 100% sure it's good enough it will add value but in a large meeting, and Fred, in a Zoom call, three other people will have spoken. They would have moved on to the next agenda point. And you're still thinking about your idea. Yeah. And, and then you want to speak. And then it doesn't happen. Yeah. And then you being introvert, uh, introverted, you pull back even more. And then after that, your manager says... I expected you to share something, yes. but you were quiet throughout. Yes. And then it just brings this, uh, again, negative spiral, right? Yeah. So, so I asked my clients that, you know, I know you want to do a good job before you speak. So this is just a simple thing. Uh, you know, I know you want to do a good job and I know you want to make sure that your idea is good enough before it goes out. So I asked them to reflect on a particular meeting. How many of those ideas were 100%? You know, when all those people were talking, how many ideas were really that great? And, you know, this gentleman was saying, actually, none of them, <laughs> they were just talking. And, and it just, it, he actually said, even my idea at its 25% level was much better than everyone else. I said, okay, so now, you know, the expectation of that meeting is to brainstorm, to throw things out. No one's expecting you to, to throw out a 100% uh, quality idea. So I challenged him in the next meeting when this, because it's a recurring meeting, Throw out the idea just as when it's you, it's your turn to speak without you know thinking too much. As I said it's going to push you out of your comfort zone. You're going to feel uncomfortable. So find a way, however you want to do it, whether it's like you commit to yourself or you put a reminder on your, in front of your laptop or something that, you know, speak or something like that, whatever tips work for you. But basically the mindset to let go of is it doesn't have to be 100%. Before it goes out so, mm. so this is just one simple tip That I give introverts To, to speak up in, in larger meetings The deeper one would be If I hold back so much What am I uh, limiting people from? So it's like you have something Of value, of benefit But because you you worry That's not good enough And you're, you're awkward And you don't want to speak In big meetings You hold it back So that's more thinking About myself, right? But if you change the thinking To If I hold back and no one knows about this idea, what's the loss? And how do I feel about that loss? So introverts are very passionate about what they believe in. So that hits them. They're like, if I don't say this, then no, you know, I I cannot let this happen. Then I say, hold on to that. So every time you think like, oh, you know, what is people going to think about me? Think about what's the loss if this message is not put out, Mm. if this idea is not put out, if your contribution is not heard. You know, what's that loss to others and and that changed the the, the, the perspective?
1: I, I love that so much, Jenny, because growing up, um, I was really very bashful, you know, didn't want to speak in in public at all due to one bad experience that I had um, in, a, in a in a elementary school poetry recital. and that for a long time throughout most of my teenage years, I, I wasn't uh, until I discovered. Um, you know, a book by uh, Norman Vincent Peale, The Power of positive. And that's really what led me down this path of, uh, you know, just um, learning to deal with some of this, um, you know, challenges and, 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 you know, the whole positive-minded thing. And, and, and here, here I am, right? I mean, I speak, you know, to hundreds of, of people, you know, in, in, in various platforms. But if, if I'd allowed that, um, you know, fear or whatever negative experiences I had, uh, to stop me, we wouldn't be here today, right? I wouldn't be who I am uh, today, impacting lives and and pouring into people and, and and helping people overcome, you know, some of those setbacks and challenges. So I like how um, you 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 frame that, right? To think about the impact or the loss that other people—it's often not about us; it's about the other people. Right? We're here to serve others, and and I I love that. I love how how you frame that. Um, anyway, this is. A question that I love to ask um, a lot of my my special guests about w- what defines them. And I ask because I, you know, we talked about, you know, how your career started, you know, as a very successful attorney and, you know, working with very prestigious, pre- prestigious companies and then leaving all that and then following after your true passion that you believe you're called. Um, if I were to ask you what defines you, what would that answer be?
0: Okay, I mean, I don't want to sound cliche, but because you're a Christian, I'm, I'm a Christian, I want to define myself, you know, as a faithful child of God. Mm-hmm. I mean, ultimately, and I've shared this with people whom I've coached who are Christians, when they feel that there's a lot of expectation and burden on themselves to prove themselves mm-hmm. to show up, you know, who am I supposed to please? And I just bring them quietly to think of your audience of one and automatically as Christians, we know who we're serving, who's our audience of one. And I think that's powerful, even in my life when I'm doing certain things, like when I'm doing this podcast, I'm thinking, what's the purpose behind this, right? And and like you, it's to get my message out. So so that's true. But at the end of the day, I like the fact that, I mean, I'll tell your listeners, we prayed before this podcast recording started. I love that. I really love that because we are both thinking that's the audience of one yes that that they, that we want to uh impress yes they want to impress that you want to you know get validation from so i mean for, for non believers um an idea is who do you really want your uh admiration to come from or your mm. love to come from uh it could be a family member it could be your partner so so sometimes we get clouded by thinking we have to please so many people i have so many uh Hats to wear I'm juggling so many things Slow down And think Whose opinion of you mm. Really matters And sometimes It's just an honest answer To say Actually no one's opinion Of me really matters It's what I think of myself Fine Your audience of one Is you So you know Just just centre on that And and see What what that brings up
1: I love that I love that And, and as we sort of Start wrapping up here Jenny I, sure. I want you to Address Someone who is, who is listening to us, listening to our podcast right now, who may be dealing with some very negative voices um, in their heads, who may be feeling the urge or the need to give up something to follow after what they're truly called to do. They may be experiencing fear or some of these same neg- negative voices about you're telling them, no, it's not right. You're going to fail Da da da. right? Whatever it is, right? That they're hearing. Um, what would you tell that person right now? Any 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 words, I, you know, you, you speak to them as you feel led to, to address them.
0: Okay. Yeah, I mean, I mean uh, we'll go back to like the, the driving analogy, like you want to get to your destination, right? And then who's in the car with you? Firstly, think about that, you know. Uh, yes, it's nice to have that solo glory and, and you know, it's all me, right? But reality, the reality is we want people to share in our successes. So think about who's in that car with you, how supportive they are. So, so it's like we don't live our lives alone. So, so surround your people with people who will support you. And then uh, I'm not saying that, you know, uh, when you chase your dream, just, just chase it blindly because that's not how life is and and, uh, god wants us to use our wisdom as well so do the research do the planning but at the end of the day when you feel that this is really something you're passionate about uh, don't wait for certainty certainty will not happen Hmm. just take that step and things will fall into place yeah
1: i love that i love that and Jenny, thank you so much for coming on the podcast and sharing some of these valuable um, lessons with us. And for our audience who are listening, uh, the website that we need, to, uh, we can go and, and take the test and find out what some of those saboteurs are. Positiveintelligence.com, and that's going to be in, the, in the, the show notes as well. Jenny, you work with um, clients globally. Uh, can you share your website um, for the clients and, and where they can find and, and learn a little bit more about you about the about the work that you do?
0: Yes, Uh, they can find me on uh, riverlifecoaching.com I'm also on social media, LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, River Life Coaching Uh, On LinkedIn and Facebook, you can also find me as uh, Jenny Toh So Jenny Toh, River Life Coaching, Singapore (laughs) I think it should be fine, you should be able to find me
1: Thank you so much Jenny, all the way from Singapore This is a very uh, insightful uh, podcast, I really enjoyed it And I trust that your audience enjoyed it as well and if you did, um, a reminder to visit our podcast, podcast page on iTunes, leave a positive review or comment. That always helps um, promote this podcast as well. Thank you so much for tuning in. And Jenny, thanks again
0: for joining us. And until next time, stay well.